You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I am your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us today on the show. Uh, we got a good show for you today. Oh, boy. Uh, just a lot to talk about. And uh, it's just me flying solo. However, I want to tell you before we get on to the show, let's uh, hit us up on all those social medias if you can. Uh, hit us up on the uh, on the Twitter TNW pod. Uh, give us a follow or a retweet. Do whatever you know, whatever the tweet heads do. On Instagram, uh, follow us there at uh, Instagram on the uh, at Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Gmail, Talking Wrestling at Gmail. And on Facebook, uh, Talking Wrestling. Facebook, Talking Wrestling. Um, join us on all those places. And remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe. And if you are uh, listening to us on iTunes, if you could leave us a uh, five-star rating, that would be sweet. If you could leave us a favorable review, that would be even better. Um, we'll send you a postcard from the 80s of a various wrestler of your choice. Uh, I will give you maybe five names and you can pick a wrestler. Um, there are many, 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 many. That's my police academy guy. Um, uh, oh, Mahoney. There are many, 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 many. Oh, Punky Brewster. Many, many, many. Anyways, um, there are many uh, postcards left. I would like to get rid of all these postcards because they're just sitting in a book collecting dust on my desk. So, folks, um, yeah, let's get those postcards out there. So, rate, review, subscribe. Um, Today's episode, well, we're basically, uh, we're going to focus on Halloween Havoc. Uh, from 1989, uh, the main one. We could talk about uh, some of the other ones depending on where we go in the show and how much time I go through. But before um, we get to that, let's just talk about uh, the week. Raw was decent. Did you like SmackDown? It was the uh, thousandth show. You think SmackDown, you think The Rock. Well, there's no presence of The Rock. Uh, there's no video from The Rock celebrating the thousandth show. Um, not that they, you know, I know The Rock is very busy. I would imagine that. The guy turns out a couple movies every year. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, so he just seems, you know, I get tired of watching him on Instagram, and uh, I don't move half as fast as The Rock. But that's very cool. You know, it would have been nice to hear a little uh, tweet, at least a tweet from The Rock, you know, or a tout. Can do, do, is there touts anymore? That would have been cool. Uh, it was great to see a lot of people back. Edge was great. I thought the uh, segment with Edge was great. Um, I don't understand the whole McMahon family and everybody dancing at the end of the star or whatever. Uh, how do you end it? It was like how do you? It was like uh, an SNL sketch that didn't have an ending. So they're just like let's all dance. Um, what else? Uh, you know, oh, I'll tell you one thing that sort of uh, 
peeve me off a little bit this weekend is uh, a lot of times the WWE has uh, what I call like revisionist history. Um, Gene Simmons often has re- revisioned history uh, in many different ways over the years. He changes things or changes facts and uh, and just some and you know it's just I don't know it's like the but WWE is really good at it and. Um, on the Instagram, I follow them on the Instagram, and I got this um, WWE Instagram, and I'll put it up on our Instagram as well, and it's the uh, the top five betrayals in WWE history. Now, um, if we were to go through the top five betrayals, I'm pretty sure one, two, three, you know, like in WWE history, that that's a long history. You know, so you got to think, oh, well, Larry Zabisco, when he betrayed Bruno and turned on Bruno, and that led to, what, 62,000 people in Shea Stadium watching them battle in a steel cage match? Uh, you think that would be up there? Uh, what else do type of betrayals, whether, I don't know. Well, here's, here's their top five. Well, let's see what you think. Coming in at number five, uh, the Bella Twins ambush uh, Ronda Rousey. Like, I don't even know how close of friends they were to even consider this a betrayal. Like, the Bellas have always been heelish in a lot of ways in their rat characters on on, on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Bella Magic is cheating. Um, so they're not, you know, the greatest faces of all time um but their turn on ronda rousey is the fifth top betrayal in wwe history is this is this for real okay all right interesting uh number four kevin owens uh, ruins chris jericho's festival of friendship yeah that should be in the top five i 100 percent agree with you the festival of friendship was probably the only time i've watched wrestling thought and thought like why can't Chris Jericho win an Emmy for this? It was, it was so entertaining. Uh, so fantastic. Number three. The, th- the third greatest betrayal of all time is when Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through a window. Okay, first of all, nobody ever says he threw him through the window. We all like to remember him as super kicking him through the window. And actually, he super kicked him and then I believe Bobby Heenan described it as Marty Jannetty got up and jumped through the window, uh, <laughs> which was he jumped through that window. It was uh, very funny. Um, to me, the Rockers breakup might be one of the greatest tag team breakups of all time. Um, number two, Evolution dumps Randy Orton. Th- that was classic, actually. Um, that was great, where they have Randy Orton up on the shoulders of batista and they're all giving thumbs up thumbs up and he thinks he's awesome and then his thumbs down and randy orton oh they all attack randy orton and i that was a really good evolution the reunion last night was uh, also pretty good um randy orton went full heel and uh, hunter was being ceo hunter but or was he evolution hunter i don't know i don't know 
it's very hard to tell when he's the game and when he i guess when he's out of the suit he's the game and when he's in the suit he's hunter um it's hard to tell it's hard to distinguish at times but um so anyways hunter um flair was there uh batista was there it was great to see batista back in the wwe ring and i think they kind of teased well they didn't kind of tease they outright put it out there that hunter has never beaten batista and um batista wants as as said many times that he wants to come back he wants to do stuff with hunter and um i think that's a marquee match at wrestlemania next year's wrestlemania is uh, batista you know like let's let's face it um they're since they're all putting a hold on the guardians three uh we don't know when that's coming out um we might as well get to see batista back in the ring although his movie career is going fantastic um quietly it's quietly going fantastic like the drax is amazing it'd be awesome if drax got his own movie you know because everybody thinks oh seen as the next rock when it comes into movies but you know when you think about it you know maybe batista's the next rock or maybe there is no next rock because the rock is doing pretty damn well in the movie scene he's the largest grossing what actor of last year anyways uh i digress um the number one what do you think the number one greatest betrayal is in wwe history is it inviting jimmy superfly snooker on your talk show and hitting him over the head with a coconut would uh, would that be number one would it be uh inviting a guy on your talk show and uh crashing cracking him over the head with a guitar like uh honky tonk man versus jake the snake um or maybe it's your best friend and you're the world champion and your best friend is a giant who's never had a shot at the world title and so maybe uh, the bad guy manager bobby the brain heenan gets in that giant's head that he deserves that title match and that the champion keeps him close as his best friend so he'll never ask for the title match because he can't beat him and then maybe on piper's pit that giant confronts that champion and tears his shirt off and says hello honk honk that's my Andre the Giant. Um, I think Andre turning on Hogan is far greater than this number one. But this is the number one. It is Seth Rollins betrays the shield. Oh, are you serious? First of all, that betrayal was bullshit. All he did was hit them with chairs over and over and over. And they're all, they're the shields. They're all wearing their protective life vests, you know, to protect them from chair shots and drowning or whatever it's doing. I don't know. We got that. That's number one. The shield. I always thought that was a mistake to begin with. I always thought they should have turned. It made sense for Dean to be the one to turn. I don't know. He's kind of like the outcast of them all. And he was the leader, it seemed. 
but Seth was uh, at the time. Seth was the one who needed the biggest push, I guess. He got a makeover. Dean got a makeover. Roman still wears the same garb. Jeepers, they need to do something with that guy. Um, so that's the top five betrayals in history. So there's no mega powers exploding. There's no Sergeant Slaughter turning on his country, begging for his country back. There's no Bret Hart turning on America. There's, you know, so many good things. There's no uh, Mr. McMahon turning on Bret at the Montreal Screwjob, you know? None of that stuff is in there. Um, this is just another classic way. Like, clearly, they don't want to even acknowledge Hulk Hogan. So the Shield's number one. And Evolution's number two, and Shawn Michaels number three, and uh, the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey are number five. Ronda Rousey, that's the best. Um, yeah, so there it is. How do you feel about that? That kind of bothers me. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that. So, folks, today, uh, this episode is about Halloween Havoc 89. I don't know what your age ranges are while you listen to this but when halloween havoc hit in 89 uh i was about grade 10 or maybe grade 11 and uh very excited for it very excited my dad always had an illegal cable box so i got tbs uh and uh, when i I was in high school the box came into our house and i got tbs and i started watching tbs saturday night and i remember um the promos for Halloween Havoc and uh, just being excited. WWE didn't run a, a pay-per-view at Halloween Havoc or, you know, they run Survivor Series back then and SummerSlam, so something to come around Halloween I thought was kind of cool. Halloween's my birthday, but um, even though it's my birthday, uh, I still would rather watch wrestling. So Halloween Havoc appealed to me. And, uh, well, I guess it was... At the time, you know, in 89, there weren't there weren't a lot of pay-per-views. Um, and Halloween Havoc was uh, was the first professional pay-per-view event uh, produced by WCW. Of course, WCW was the, the company, but it was still under the National Wrestling Alliance. So, um, October 28th, 1989, uh, in Philadelphia Civic Center, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, was the first Halloween Havoc. And the the big um, selling point was the Thunderdome. Now, I don't know if 89 was when Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out. There was a Road Warrior movie. Uh, it was the third one with Tina Turner, who sang the song Thunderdome. You know, and... Um, Jeepers, how did that song go? Beyond the Thunderdome? I don't know. Anyways, I think they needed to feel the need to create this Thunderdome match, even though there were no Thunderdomes in real life. However, they created a Thunderdome, and um, this match was the match was just too filled with gimmicks. The, the, you know, you didn't pin your person to win. Uh, you had a person outside, a manager. Ole Anderson was there for one team, and Gary Hart was there for the other team. And uh, they were called Terminators. So, yeah, so now we're mixing Terminators and Thunderdomes and Schwarzeneggers and Mel Gibsons 
and uh, Turner, Tina Turner is at every point, you know, and like haven't hasn't wrestling taken enough from the Road Warriors, like the Road Warriors spawned the Road Warriors and Lord Humongous, and now we're gonna take the Thunderdome. Oh my God, I can't wait till Max Fury wrestles next week or Fury Road. Or whatever. Ah, uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. So the main event, Thunderdome match, where the winner would be uh, decided by the Terminator outside who would throw in a towel. So, um, Ric Flair and Sting against Terry Funk and Muda. Flair and Funk coming off their uh, feud. Well, I guess they would. this would still be going, their feud would still be going on from when Flair took the title back from uh, Steamboat and uh, got attacked by Terry Funk who piledrived Ric Flair um, on the table which was probably one of the first pile drivers on a table uh, that I think of but um, you know this is pre-ECW Terry Funk of course tagging up with the Great Muda Great Muda was an amazing talent Gary Hart was his manager and uh and uh, Muda, of course, he would spray the mist like uh, like Kabuki, you know. So that was the main event. That was the and the Thunderdome is really the main event. But overall, um, they had like you know eight matches. I think uh, I watched it last night, and uh, I got to tell you, still a, a decent card. It holds up. It was all right, but uh, wrestling is just. Wrestling today from wrestling uh, from the 89, which was like 30, 29 years ago, uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a slower pace. Um, the first match we got uh, Tom Zink versus Mike Rotunda. These are like um, uh, rejects. These are like the, the, the Marty Gennettis of two of my favorite tag teams. Uh, the Can-Am Connection and the U.S. Express. Tom Zink is the Marty Jannetty of the Can-Am Connection. And Mike Rotundo, I don't know. Yes, I guess he's the Marty Jannetty of the uh, U.S. Express because Barry Wendell went on to be a horseman. But not Mike Rotundo's went on to do great things. I'm not saying. But Mike Rotundo here is um, is in his varsity club gear. And uh, Tom Zink is uh, still wearing his Can-Am Connection outfit. It just looks like all the Can-Am Connection stuff has been taken off, but the same boots, the same tights, the same mullet, you know, he doesn't look like Can-Am Connection, he looks like the Can-Am Rejection, and uh, I don't know, Zinc always had that body and always had that look, but just for me, he could never get it done, he was like uh, Lex Luger Jr., um, but yet he uh, goes over Mike Rotundo and, uh, with a roll-up that the momentum carried it over. Maybe it was a flying body press. I don't know. But uh, the momentum carried over and Tom Zink got the pin. And, uh, you know, that was a decent singles match that started off. And then Smolen SWAT team came out. And it's always uh, cool to see the Smolen SWAT team because you see three Samoan brothers. And it's Fatu and Samoan Savage and Samu. So, it's, you know, you're getting... It's, it's kind of cool because you're getting to see Rikishi and the Tonga Kid and Samu, the three of them, you know, and uh, that's kind of cool. And, of course, they're managed by Oliver Humperdinck, 
and they're going up against uh, the Midnight Express with uh, the uh, the second Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane. Oddly enough, uh, the Midnight Express are faces in this match, so you don't see a heelish Jim Cornette. You see a ridiculous Jim Cornette, like, cheering the fans, waving his tennis racket around. It's a little much for me. I prefer a heel Jim Cornette. Um, and the Midnight Express are teaming up with Dr. Def Steve Williams, uh, who's always been one of my favorite, favorite uh, WCW, NWA, world-class wrestlers. Always been a big Dr. Death fan. and was lucky enough to meet him in Mayhem. Uh, back in uh, WCW Mayhem in 99 10 years after this actually so uh, yeah so always great seeing the small one flaw team or the head shrinkers as they would later become um, and uh, they defeat the Midnight Express and it was very it was it's great except uh, Bob Eaton get a tan you needed a tan back then you you know you might look great next to Dennis Condry, but next to Stan Lane, you don't look that great. You know, there's no way Bob Eaton looks as great as his punches. I'll just say that. Uh, Tommy Rich defeated the Cuban assassin in a match that uh, I went and made a sandwich. Uh, this is Tommy Rich in 1989, not Tommy Rich in 1981. So I don't really need to see him. We come back and the fabulous Freebirds are running on. And of course, it's not the original Freebirds. It's the Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam, Jam Garvin uh, Freebirds. But I always liked Jimmy Jam and uh, Michael Hayes. Oh, man. You know, I never realized that Michael Hayes was Doc Hendricks until the longest time. And then when I heard that Doc Hendricks was Michael Hayes, it blew my fucking mind. Because Michael Hayes is so badass, you know. And then to see him as Doc Hendricks just, ooh, never even, never even appealed to me. Even though you you recognize that voice. Of course, uh, Freebird's going up against the Dynamic Dudes with uh, Jim Cornette and another face tag team and Shane Douglas as a face uh, no no not good better is a bad guy we all know that and Johnny Ace I just can't even take Johnny Ace seriously because I just think of him as later on as John Laurentitis you know or Super Dave hey everybody it's John Laurentitis you know and or you know Mama Bella mama bella man you know um but watching johnny ace and shane douglas and their neon tights and their ridiculous mullets and blonde hair they're just my god they look like they're trying so hard to get over where the freebirds are just cool and of course the freebirds win um doom my god they put ron simmons and butch reed in a in mass with woman uh rest in peace a uh, woman and uh and uh, I, I now i feel awkward that i even said that uh if you don't know who woman is it's nancy benoit uh, putting ron simmons in a mask is a little ridiculous because even ron simmons in a mask you can still tell it's ron simmons um when i was young i remembered uh you know i saw this when it aired and um we didn't get it on my uh, on my dad's box. Uh, the only way to get it through was a satellite dish, and if you had the pay per views on the satellite dish, and uh, oh God bless Penny Dota. Penny Dota was a girl in our school. I'd known her since kindergarten, and uh, Sean Nitch, Billy McClymont, myself, we all like told her like we need to see the Thunderdome. You need to order it. 
she had a satellite dish. Not many people in my town had satellite dishes, but she was one of them. So uh, she ordered it, and uh, we ended up watching Thunderdome over at Penny's Place. And um, this was one of the matches as I was watching it. I actually remembered the finish as it was happening where a woman gives a foreign object and puts it into Butch Reed's head, and he headbutts one of the Steiners and, um, you know, and uh, ends up winning the match via foreign object but um the steiners <laughs> scott steiner and rick steiner scott steiner cuts a promo at the, at the beginning of the match and it's uh, pretty horrible and it makes me think is like these guys might have went to michigan but i don't know if they graduated from michigan you know uh the next match was oh the next match oh god next match was one of my uh, favorite matches for the longest time um Lex Luger defeats Brian Pillman for the U.S. Uh, championship. I love this match. Um, this is the first time I saw Pillman in WCW or the NWA since uh, leaving Stampede Territory, where I used to watch him on TSN up here in Canada, and you would watch him and um, him and uh, Bruce Hart. Uh, they teamed up as Bad Company. Now he's getting a push as a solo artist in wcw and sure enough he's going up against lex luger in a pay-per-view their first pay-per-view this was like his first i honestly want to say this might have been his first big biggest like at, at that point in his career this might have been the biggest match of his career it's just a fantastic match fantastic match from start to finish incredible flow good speed good spots you know he really lives up to the flying brian pillman gimmick uh luger gives him a good match as well and uh in the end luger defeats brian pillman of course he does he's lex luger <sighs> i've never been an Lex luger fan but i get it i he is the total package he did look great back in the day he was a decent wrestler you know he, he wasn't like uh your ultimate warrior or or someone like that where he just looked great but wrestled shit no this guy luger was good i just was never a fan the road warriors now this uh this this card was uh, was sold on two things uh, the thunderdome match and uh the road warriors and the road warriors um the uh well the nwa tag team championship was with the Freebirds. The Freebirds were the champions back then. So it's funny how the Freebirds against the Dynamic Dudes went on so early, but yet the Road Warriors uh, are going on later, and they're wrestling the Skyscrapers, and it's this, it's not the original Skyscrapers, and the original Skyscrapers was uh, Dan Spivey and uh, Mark Calloway, uh, or Mark Callius, I believe they were calling him then. Um, but now Mark Calloway, or Callius, has been replaced uh, by a guy named by the name of Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey. And um, Sid Vicious looks like a million dollars. I'll tell you that right now. Dan Spivey uh, is just a big frame. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Dan Spivey is the guy that replaced Barry Windham in uh, the U.S. Express. And uh, he's very Barry Windham-like, but not as good as Barry Windham. 
he's a second rate Barry Windham, I would say. Yeah, would you say that? Are you going to get upset? Is Dan Spivey going to get upset? Eh, fooey. Anyways, um, Teddy Long was their manager, and uh, the Road Warriors came in, and it's just uh, it's a big match of big men taking big bumps. Although there's one time where Hawk uh, gives the clothesline to Dan Spivey, and it's clear he should go backwards over the top rope and fall out of the ring, but uh, he doesn't. He does the Hogan where he drops to uh, the ground and then rolls out of the ring. Um, I saw Hogan take that bump in a, a match recently, and it made me laugh that he wouldn't just go over the top rope. So, um, yeah, so that match was a good match. I thought it was, uh, you know, it's always great to see the Road Warriors when they actually have to wrestle, cut the ring, the ring in two, you know, work the arm or work a leg or actually have a match. And uh, the NWA was always great for that. I remember watching them in the NWA. They just came up, they destroyed everybody. Then the NWA, they did a little bit of that. But then they, uh, you know, they would go on and have good matches. They were a good tag team. I don't, today, I don't think that there's, maybe the Hart Foundation might be better than the Road Warriors. But, the thing about the Road Warriors is the Road Warriors were so fucking good. They were so fucking good. They were so elite. But the Legion of Doom uh, is like the watered-down Road Warriors, you know, where the the uh, the spikes were plastic, you know, and the, the football. You know, it's like when it's just they were watered-down, made cartoonish to survive in a WWE land. We'll get rid of Paul Allery and we'll bring in Jocko, the puppet, you know, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's garbage. But uh, but still, nevertheless, it's a, it's a good match. And um, the Road Warriors win uh, via disqualification. So nobody looks bad. And these guys can go on to have uh, great matches. So here we go. We got one more match coming up. It's uh, Ric Flair and Sting with Ole Anderson and the Great Moon and Terry Funk. And like I said, they were coming off of uh, each feuds. We're having feuds. But um, just when you think the referees, I mean, just when you think the managers outside having the towel to throw in, that's the only way you can end the match. And then you have the Thunderdome. And then you have the fact that it's not a tag team match. It's a anything goes in the cage. So it's like a Texas Tornado match. You got all these gimmicks working for you. What else can we add? Special guest referee. Well, who do you think that was? None other than the greatest NWA champion of never time, Bruno Sammartino. That's right, I said never time. Um, Bruno Sammartino, the greatest WWE champion of all time at that point. Uh, He's now the ref in this match. So I found that very interesting. But Philadelphia is a WWE city. And uh, he'd wrestled in Philadelphia many, 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 many times. And um, this is uh, no different from any of those other times. I remember the um, the commercials for it. And uh, <laughs> I went back and I found the trailer. And I wanted to play it so you guys could hear how ridiculous this is. All right. Hopefully this comes out all right. 
we'll see what happens here. Um, let me try to get this right. Just get it just right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you like that? Mm, yeah, you do. You do. Do you? Do you? Okay. One second. Here we go. So as I was saying, uh, here we go. Right now, I'm throwing to the Halloween Havoc promo of uh, 1989. Here we go. Ready? Here, listen to this, baby. In a small, secluded blacksmith shop, hidden deep in the mountains, three strange men work around the clock to complete the biggest challenge of their careers. Thunderdome. Wrestling's toughest, the steel cage is home, but there's never one like the Thunderdome. There's no way in and no way out. It's Halloween Havoc's most frightening bout. Six tons of steel and electrified. The only way to win is the Terminator outside. For Funk and Muda, Sting and Flair, these blacksmiths have made sure they'll stay right there. It's 30 feet high, it's 30 feet wide. There's no place to run, no place to hide. There's no way to win, only to lose. And how you do that depends on the Terminator you use. It's Halloween Havoc and the Thunderdome. If you want to take part, best pick up your phone. So there's that. So that is um, kind of ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Not only that, because it was it was Halloween. I believe there was another ad with, uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's another ad here for it. Okay. Let's uh, get this one going. You want big matches? Well, Elvira's got them. And so does Halloween Havoc 89. The Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Rick Muda, and Sting. Lex Luger, the Steiners, Precious Paul Ellery. Wrestling's most wicked warriors in a pay-per-view of monstrous proportions. Halloween Havoc 89 is your frightened by gore. Better bring the mummy, because they're settling the score. So that was um, Elvira, the mistress of the dark, showing uh, her goods, as you know what I'm talking about. That was the type of promotion that they were doing uh, to bring people in to this new pay-per-view. And um, I found that to be very entertaining when I was a kid. Oh, who didn't love Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? You know, and she hadn't been used since WrestleMania 2 in wrestling circles. So it's good to see her back. Now, what I thought was funny was as they were coming in to the uh, Thunderdome, they were having problems because the thing is, is that Thunderdome was only electric up near the top. So if you tried to climb to get out, you would get electrocuted. But uh, they, because it was Halloween, they had lots of cobwebs and a couple nooses hanging and some spider webs. I guess those are still cobwebs. Um, they also had uh, like potato sacks or just sort of random Halloweeny things hanging off the cage. So I guess when it first shocked up the first couple times. Um, some of the spider webbing or the the bags or whatever they sort of caught on fire so before the match even starts the fucking thunderdome catches on fire and they have to get the fire out 
Um, clearly, this is something they've never used before in their life. This is the first time ever they're doing it. They don't even know what they're doing. Uh, they're trying to get the fire out. At one point, Muda gets out on the, up on the turnbuckle, and he sprays his green mist to fucking fire. So great. He just wasted his mist. Uh, on the fire instead of uh, Ric Flair's face. Now, this is gone. It's already gone. But um, this was a great, entertaining match. Terry Funk is as crazy as ever. Muda is crazy in his own right and probably one of the greatest uh, Japanese wrestlers. I know everybody loves Justin Thunder Lager, but I'll take me some great Muda any day of the week over over uh, lagger flair is you know he's 89 pre-wwe still in his prime i remember my friends used to think he was so old back then but i still think flair was in his prime back then uh he was you know holding the title beat the beat steamboat for the title uh fantastic uh terry funk still looked great back then still crazy uh, and then Sting was this thing that I loved. Uh, I loved uh, blonde uh, beach boy uh, Sting and um, enjoyed it very, very much. If you can't, you can find pretty much most of these matches on YouTube. Uh, the WWE even covers a little bit of it here. And uh, let's go see what they have to say there. We'll, we'll put this on. And we'll see uh, what they got going on here. It's uh, Halloween Havoc. They they summarize it up in uh, three minutes here. But let's see what they're talking about. And now Muda goes up the cage. Will it touch the wire? Let's electrify it. He's right up on top of it. Muda would like to, I guess, go to the land of the rising sun right now. He may be fried wonton if he gets all of that top very strongly. Oh, that wasn't racist at all. They called him a fried wonton. Again, Jim, we don't think it's possible. I don't see how anybody can climb over that thing. So you got chops, but Flair is working on the leg. Can you sense, yep. Bob? You've seen it longer than I. Figure four. Figure four. Coming. Oh, the managers are in the Thunderdome. He wants it so bad. He just may try to break that leg off if he gets him in that figure four. Muta and Sting battling it out up on the cage. High, high above the ring. They're going to get electrocuted. Flair working on the leg of Funk. Viciously, and Funk cannot even stand. Again, I think it's important to mention that the designated Terminator hasn't even figured in the bout so far. Nobody's had a submission hold for that length of time. Well, this one started out as an Australian Rules Tag Team event. In principle, it has turned into a Texas Tornado Tag for all four in the ring simultaneously. I did tell you it was a Texas Tornado. Told you. As Flair and Funk continue to beat each other to a pulp, Watch Muda, watch Muda on top. Oh, Lord. Well, if they have a boys' choir in Tokyo, Ooh. he'll be a tenor. Yes, sir. And here comes a figure four from Flair. There it is. 
is, as you said, on that leg, Jim. Boy, you call that one. Right there. He's got the figure four. Oh, he's got the figure four on Funk. Stingy's going to go out the top rope. Hits him with a body splash off the top rope in the Thunderdome. He's going for another one. Bruno is standing in the way. He's not even moving. Bruno just took Moon out. No reason for that. hit Gary Hart and the towel went flying into the back of Bruno's back. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. Why are the Terminators even in the ring? And why are they called Terminators? Anyways, folks, um, that said... Uh, that was the final match, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a good card on the whole. As you know, Halloween Havoc would continue on and go right up to the end of WCW. They ran that pay-per-view every single year, and uh, many main events with Sting in it, many main events with Ric Flair, many main events with uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, the giant in his first match ever against Hogan, uh, Hogan rest, you know, um, it, Halloween Havoc was one of the, the better pay-per-views that I enjoyed watching in WCW. And, um, yeah. And with that said, um, I've hope you've enjoyed today's review of Halloween Havoc. Always been one of my favorites. And, um, I hope you enjoyed uh, me rambling on about how much I enjoyed it and uh, what I thought of it. Um, also, uh, before we leave though today, uh, if you, if you've listened this far, uh, let me tell you, uh, available on iTunes, Apple play and Amazon, uh, my latest comedy offering and my newest comedy album, uh, different jokes is now available on iTunes, Amazon, and Apple Play. So uh, please purchase it or download it or purchase it and um, or tell a friend and enjoy uh, my latest offering, uh, Different Jokes. And I think what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a track off of that and we'll go out on that track. So um, from my new album... Um, different jokes. Let me see. Let's pull that up. Um, what track should we play here for you? Uh, not a long one because we're gonna get out of here and go do something. So I think, um, yeah, a good track to play would be. Let's play the Star Wars track. Uh, okay, yeah. So here's off my new CD, uh, different jokes available on iTunes right now. Uh, this is uh, my track called uh, Star Wars, and I hope you enjoy it. 
I'm very excited next week. There's a new Star Wars coming out. I love new Star Wars. I love Star Wars movies. I grew up I grew up watching Star Wars. Like yeah, my friend Bobby Hill across the street, he had a lot of Star Wars figures. I also had a lot of Star Wars figures, but Bobby's parents bred dogs for a living, so he had a lot of dogs at his house, and sometimes his dogs would get a hold of his Star Wars figures, and they'd chew off all their arms and legs. Yeah, I know. Well, don't worry. They're just Star Wars figures. They don't feel it. But... <laughs> But, you know, he would come over with all these mangled up Star Wars figures and expect me to make stories to go along with their injuries. You know, it got to a point we stopped playing Star Wars and we started playing Star War Amps. And yeah. So I'd be like, hi, I'm C-3PO. I can put my arm back on and you can't. So play safe. You know, that's, that's crazy. So, but... It's good times. I love Star Wars. They're, they're like, yeah, next week, next week, Solo comes out. Oh my God. Like, when I was a kid, I wanted my love life to be like Han Solo. Fuck, closest came last night, Han Solo. That was it. It was just me, all me, you know? Maybe I want a little Wookiee love. Oh, that's it, that's it. I don't know. I'm joking. I don't even have hair on my chest. I don't have, I didn't eat onions when I was a kid. So. That's what my dad say. Eat some onions, put hair on your chest. I'm like, wrestlers don't have hair on their chest. No thanks. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat onions. So, love it. Solo comes out next week. Oh, I remember when the last Star Wars movie came out, my roommate Michelle, she was like, oh, new Star Wars, are you excited? I'm like, fucking right. She goes, are you going to get dressed up for this one? I'm like, yeah. She goes, who are you going to get dressed up? What character? I'm like, Jared from Subway. That way kids won't fucking sit near me. Yeah. That's a, that's a good costume. I know. Nobody says it has to be a Star Wars character. That's the thing. And, and the thing is, is the kids don't know who I am, but the parents do. And that's what matters. You know, the parents walk in, they're like, no, 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 you can't sit near that guy. No, 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 no. No, I want two foot longs between you two. Two foot longs. Billy, that's 16 meatballs. You know that. Billy's the chubby kid, so... Like, I'm the only guy counting the meatballs as they're put on the Subway sandwich. Like, you don't know there's eight meatballs per foot. Fuck off, people. I'm not the only one. I know there are other people like me. Like, don't pretend like if you went through McDonald's drive-thru and you ordered ten nuggets and then you open them up and there's nine nuggets, you know you're going back. You know you are. Yeah, you're like, fuck this shit. There's nine nuggets in here. And they're like, just take another ten. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And then you walk out, you're like, fucking 20 nuggets! <laughs> I know. And yeah, and the best thing about it all is you ate that nugget to begin with, so they don't know. I walked out with 20 nuggets and a free smile. Ha! <laughs> this is great. Good times. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 